listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. How's your week gone? It's the final Friday of February, where we ask the question, how the heck are you? Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Is it still a football Friday? Boy, I want it to be, David. I really do. And I have made a habit. I've explained it on the air a couple times. I get up, I do my thing. But around 5 a.m., I'm usually ready for the day. And I'll throw on SportsCenter just to make sure I didn't miss anything, see a highlight that I obviously have a game that I didn't see. And usually they run a little NBA and I'm watching NHL at night. So get caught up on what happened. And I don't know, they run through their couple of stories. And they're already promoting A.J. McCarron and the XFL. And I went, you've got to be kidding me. That's when it and it, it like it was like a balloon that burst for me. And I'm just like, no, I can't do it. I can lie through a promo and go, football Friday. But I can't do it, David. Here's my question. Did they manage to sneak in Mrs. McCarron in the promo for, he's what, St. Louis, the Battlehawks? If you say so. Okay. Listen, all I know is in St. Louis, the XFL outrated the Daytona 500. It didn't anywhere else, but in St. Louis, it did. They love their spring football in St. Louis. Hate the NFL. Love when they have a spring football team, though. Doesn't that tell you everything you need to know about St. Louis right there? Just <laughs> Listen, outside of St. Louis, NASCAR crushed it. I mean, outside of St. Louis, that state's as red as you can get. All right. But in St. Louis, the Battlehawks, I think that's who it is, they beat Daytona. Although Daytona, Daytona had a good weekend. All right. The ratings were good. Ratings were up. Had a bigger margin than ever before of more people watching Daytona than watching the NBA All-Star game. So good start to the NASCAR season. Uh, listen, since you went there, 1.12 million people watched on average the four XFL games. Yep. Now, I think one was on a network. The other three were on cable. I think you had one on ABC, two on the four-letter network, and then you had the Sunday night one that was on FX. So you add it all up, and they did 1.12 million. For their four games, which was down for what it's worth three years ago when the XFL, you know, it was XFL 2.0 and they played about four weeks before the pandemic shut everything down. It did better three years ago than it did last weekend. It did better the first time than it did last weekend. The USFL did better than the XFL did a year ago. But to your point, David it was still a million-plus people watching those games. Right. That's a decent audience for crappy football. Now, the concern for the XFL is usually numbers go down precipitously after week one. That week one's kind of like, hey, let me check it out. And then 20, 30, 40% of people go, yeah, I'm good. And they don't come back. So... 
Now, three of the four games were close, decided by two, three, and four points, and Orlando got blown out. But if you were assisting The Rock, because he owns the XFL, if you didn't know that, if you were assisting The Rock, would you feel good about week one, or would you be nervous? I'd be scared to death. Those numbers were down 50% from XFL 2.0. And to your point, they're going to go down again. So they're going to be in the 600,000 range, Well, 700,000 range. I, I think it might be a little better than that. I think it might be in the eight to 900,000 range. I mean, you we'll think see because they lose the network too, don't they? This is all cable and FX now. So they don't they don't get one game on ABC this week. I didn't think so. Okay, that would hurt. But yeah, you could see it down if you take thirty percent away, then you'd be talking about eight hundred thousand thereabouts as your average audience. Let me throw this out there though, Mark. You and I are both hockey folks. All right. We got a lot of hockey fans who listen. When ESPN or TNT is broadcast in a hockey game. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. I mean, those games are doing 600,000. I mean, that, that's all those games are doing. You know, now you put an NHL game on a network on a Saturday or Sunday, and then, yeah, you, you get over a million people. But you very rarely get two million. I mean, you usually get the low ones, and if by chance you're throwing a good Boston or a Rangers – or a Penguins, you know, then you're getting at high one millions, close to two million. So if you're right now, if you're running the XFL, believe it or not, you're getting NHL television numbers. No, that there's there's no doubt. Now they played, you know, for the record, the XFL played last night. St. Louis did it again. Another close, hard fought battle. They won beating Seattle by two. It was on FX, in case you didn't know. I'm guessing and you I, didn't. And I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't even know they played. No, I'm now writing it into the starting five. I'm like, hey, thanks for giving me that. That's so, fantastic. So they're undefeated, St. Louis, and they played last night on FX, and I guarantee you that there weren't 600,000 people watching that last night. Well, there's a very good chance, considering neither you nor I knew that that game was being played, and we do sports for a living. So that's not good. And they've got the four-letter network covering this league like it's a real league. Right. Yeah, they're in. They're all in. See, Fox and NBC are in with the other one. Listen, could the XFL do so badly it kills the USFL also? That could be our question of the day. But So St. Louis beat Seattle, huh? The Cardinals over the Seahawks? or, or no, 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 no. The Battle Hawks over the Sea Dragons, 20 to 18. Wait, the Cardinals over the Mariners? No? No, 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 no. Battle Hawks, Sea Dragons. Sea Dragons. So you got the hockey team, who's the Kraken, with their logo. And then the football team, the XFL team, is the Sea Dragons. Right. Which one would you rather be, Kraken or Sea Dragons? Aren't they implying the, the one of the same? I mean, don't you think the Sea Dragon is the cousin of the Kraken? They're definitely friends. <laughs> I think they're related. Probably on the Kraken's mother's side, I would guess, but yes. 
Can you wear your Kraken stuff to a Sea Dragons game? Absolutely. You can wear whatever you want to a Sea Dragons game. You just want to, if you, they just want you there, David. You know, and that's the only other thing I will say. The NHL, when they try to make these comparisons, yeah, on a national level, it'll do just fine. But they're putting 4,000 people in the stadium, 8,000, 10,000 people. There's no one at these games. It doesn't take into account regional television numbers. This is what they get. It's their, it's their number. And they're not... I don't know how they develop a fan base without just giving tickets away. Except in St. Louis, where apparently it's a, you know, it's a hot ticket. You know, St. Louis, San Antonio, man. It's spring football, they're all in. When is NFL's left St. Louis twice, and the NFL will never go to San Antonio, at least not while Jerry Jones is alive. When is the XFL playoffs? At the end of the XFL regular season. Okay, well, when is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because I'm trying be- to think of what lines up with that. I believe. They're playing 10 games, right? Right. The so semifinals are Saturday, April 28th, and Sunday, April 30th. Yes, I was going to say it's NFL draft weekend, I believe. NFL draft, first round of the NBA playoffs. I think that. And they're getting two weeks. The key is they're taking two weeks off for their championship game, which is Saturday, May 13th. Okay. That's a pretty good window. Whatever. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's offseason Have you watched a game yet? I watched a little bit of a game. And I I did see that St. Louis was on last night. Wow. Because I was watching basketball. And I was flipping through channels. So you saw it on the ticker, but you didn't say, oh, I've got to go watch some XFL now. Well, obviously not. The NBA was back last night. Also, I looked at the Kraken game as well. Man, I love those blue uniforms. Kraken got it going on. Except for the last five minutes of the game last night. Well, listen, we're talking about, you know, the stuff that's really important, Mark. The uniforms. Okay, merchandising. Absolutely. You know, they're a second-year franchise. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, what Vegas did, that's the aberration. Seattle's doing really well. Looks like they're going to make the playoffs in their second year of existence. That's outstanding. And they're going to look great. They're going to go out in the first round. That's okay. They're going to look great. And besides, that just means that John Forslund and Eddie Olchek are calling their games. They'll be available earlier in the playoffs to do the national games. Thank goodness. Not who we have to listen to now. Ah. So there you go. Little, little, just putting everything in perspective. For those that have been, because for whatever reason, Mark, the Twitch chat room has a heavy concentration of XFL interest. And I don't think that that's the norm. No. No. But we have been inundated with the XFL for three weeks. Yes, that's right. Literally, from the moment the Super Bowl ended, okay, it's been like, okay, when are we moving to the XFL? You're going to have a guest on? You're going to do a preview? You guys psyched for the XFL? You know, it's a football Friday. Uh, Okay. All right. Did you like that bringing a voice to the Twitch chat room? Was that Twitch chat room voice You give them a lot of love. You know, there is a way, believe it or not. Like, there are times when they're going off on their tangents. I shut the chat off. I don't even pay any attention to what they're saying. I I just do the radio show. (laughs) Uh, So... So there you have it. A little perspective. 
Be curious if any of you tune in at any point in time this weekend, particularly if you did last weekend. Because, like, you know, I watched 10 minutes of the one game. I saw three plays, and I got two replay reviews. And I was more excited about the replay reviews. It's not a good sign for a league. <laughs> Probably not. Well, I have to admit, though, I tuned into the game with Paxton Lynch, at quarterback. I mean, has there ever been since he played in college an aesthetically pleasing game that Paxton Lynch was involved in? No, there really hasn't. I mean, certainly not the- one in the professional ranks that I would remember. <laughs> he he now has the distinction. Did you see? He's now been benched in every professional football league that's ever been created, basically, except for the World League. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour on this final Friday in February. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. We'll head to Gainesville next hour. Kevin Brockway. Talk a little Gators football and basketball. Football team keeps losing assistant coaches. Basketball team has lost too many players and too many games. Both programs are pretty mediocre right now. We'll just talk to Kevin Brockway, who's covered them both on a couple of different occasions. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? And is everybody okay or are things getting restless? And then we'll talk a little lightning, a little hockey. Trade deadline marks a week from today, baby. Oh, there's action going on too. Teams are making moves. They're already starting. Love it. Love it. Islanders, Rangers, Bruins, all made big trades. Let's do this. Leafs made some moves. Leafs made a monster trade, and we still got a week to go. That's what I'm talking about. This is your perfect trade deadline uh, from a timing standpoint, right? I mean, this is late enough in the season. Nobody has a trade deadline quite this late. No, and isn't by now, by now, you know if you're a pretender or a contender. You do. You're damn near a month past your all-star break. We've said it for a long time. The NFL has kept pushing it back. And in the last two or three years, there's actually been a few moves. But we always thought, make the trade deadline either right before or right after Thanksgiving. I mean, that's pretty much the line of demarcation. You get about two-thirds of the way through the season. You know, yes, you've got the Jags who at four and eight run the table. We had examples, you know, going all the way back to their second year. They were three and seven and they ran the table. Yeah, it happens. Lions were one and six. But for the most part, you you know if you're cooked or not. But even more so, look at the Lions and Jags. If the trade deadline would have been pushed back a month or so, David, they would have found themselves where they may have been sellers at the original deadline and they may say, holy cow, we're buyers now. So... I think it would even affect those teams as well. And I know Detroit didn't make the playoffs, but you get the point that I'm making that they right. would have had an opportunity to make a move to help themselves, perhaps. 
Yeah, both the Steelers and Lions rallied to finish nine and eight, even though they both missed the playoffs. But yeah, we wish the trade deadline in the NFL was at least three weeks, if not longer, pushed back. I mean, Mark, I think now, I mean, what are we playing now? Are we playing into the first weekend of January now for sure? Every year. The NFL regular season is going to go till January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, now, every season, correct? In that- fact, I think it goes to the second Sunday in January. Like this past year, I'm pr- pretty sure that the final Sunday of the regular season was the eighth. And I think next year it's technically the seventh. So, which I know is only the first Sunday, but you know what I mean. I mean, we're a week plus into January when the regular season is now ending. I mean, couldn't you make the argument, Mark, that Tuesday after Thanksgiving should be the NFL trade deadline? You still got five, maybe six games left. I'm right there with you. I love it. So you're 12 games in. Maybe if you haven't had your bye week, you I mean, at minimum, the fewest number of games, if they made it the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, the minimum number of games that a team will have played is 11. Most every team will have played 12. I mean, you know, now the Jags would have been four and eight. I mean, the irony of ironies, maybe they would have sold off a couple of parts and hurt their chances to make a run. You know, I'm trying to think. I think the Lions were five and seven at that point of the season. You know, the Steelers, I think, were similarly four and eight, five and seven, something like that. So maybe some teams actually, if it had been pushed back, you know, they might have made the wrong decision. But then again, also, the Jets had started to suffer a couple of injuries. They were seven and four, which was going to turn us into seven and nine or seven and ten. Okay. And maybe the Jets would have said, well, we got to go out and get some parts. We're starting to break down. You know, I don't know. But I'm with you. I think this is per- we got like five weeks left in the NHL regular season after the deadline. I think that's awesome. Three quarters of the season will have been played by the trade deadline. That's fantastic. And teams like the Panthers are back in it. They may have to make a move to try to help themselves out to get in the playoffs, where I don't know if they would have three weeks ago. But also, I love the fact, I love it in baseball. Most general managers won't do it, but every now and then you see a team in late June make a big move a month ahead of the deadline. They're like, we need this guy. I don't know why teams in baseball, Mark, don't acquire pitching sooner. I mean, come on now. The difference between getting them for 12 starts or 17 to me is significant. You know, the difference between 60 games and 80 games, eh, but the difference between 12 starts and 17 starts to me seems like a big deal. So I love the fact that you've got contenders, too. I mean, the Bruins, best team in the league. Went and made a move. Maple Leafs, top five team in the league. Right. All right. Islanders, they were out. They were were cooked. They were not going to make the playoffs. They needed help. Their veteran general manager made the first deal. He said, I'm going to go get this guy. Okay. Because I want to make the playoffs. Because I think if we get in, we'd be a tough out. And then you got the Rangers, who have won one Stanley Cup in 80-plus years. So, you know, they're always in. 
And it begs the question, the next week, what are the Lightning going to do? Because I don't think standing Pat's good enough. I don't think so either. I mean, right now, the road in the East is Everest in the NHL. I mean, honestly, I mean, this is, you know, this is the NBA's Eastern Conference in the early to mid 80s. You know, this is, you know, hell, it could be going forward, the AFC, to be brutally honest with you. I mean, the Eastern Conference in the NHL is brutal right now. I mean, you could argue two of the five best teams in the league are Toronto and Tampa Bay. They're going to play each other in the first round. First damn round. Winner gets to play the best team in the league in the second. And then you're going to have Carolina or New York or New Jersey waiting for you on the other side. I mean, you're going to have to beat three of the top five teams in the league just to get to the finals out of the East in all likelihood. I mean, it's brutal. And there's one big name out there that's being rumored to be traded. Patrick Kane, who's been with the Blackhawks forever, and his name's starting to circulate. He's got a no-trade clause, so he can determine where it is he wants to go. And it would be a difference maker for wherever he goes. He's a sniper. It's a hell of a second-line right wing right there, baby. What a 33-year-old Hall of Famer who had a hat trick last week just to wet everybody's whistle. It's like, oh, he's still got it. And can Chicago get enough to move him and where will he go and fitting him under the cap and all the other things that go along with this? Have you seen some of the deals made in the NHL? I do love leagues that do this, by the way, in which they allow certain teams to pick up a certain percentage of contracts. Like the deal that was made yesterday between Boston, Washington, and Minnesota. Minnesota picked up 25% of two guys' contracts just to help the deals happen. And they were compensated with draft picks by picking up the salaries. Here you go. And so that's going to be the deal with Kane. Kane's salary is like $10 million. And the thought is one team's going to pick up half. The Blackhawks are going to have to hold on to a quarter, and a third team's going to have to come in and pick up a quarter. And they'll get like a third-round pick for doing it. It's certainly creative financing, and the NHL is terrific at it because, well, the cap goes out the window in the playoffs. And also the NHL, it's a smart move by them allowing this because they have the hardest cap. There's no flexibility. It is a hard cap to the penny. Week from today, baby, trade deadline. On the other side, the starting five. That's how we roll. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Kevin Brockway to join us next hour. We'll talk a little hockey in our 8 o'clock hour with Henry Yoho. Right now it is time for... The Starting Five. Five stories you need to know. It's The Starting Five on Miller & Moulton. Here's number one. Well, teams are doing some bookkeeping, Mark. Two days ago was the Tennessee Titans... Cutting four or five guys, freeing up about $38 million in salary cap space. 
The Rams and Bobby Wagner had a little chat. Bobby's 32. He wants to win. He doesn't have faith that the Rams can win anymore. The Rams, meanwhile, are $13.7 million over the cap. So the two sides talked it out, and they agreed that Wagner would be released. The Rams will save either five or $8 million against the cap, depending on whether they designate the release effective immediately. Then they save $5 million. If they make it a post-June 1st release, they'll save $8 million against the cap this year. Bobby Wagner, according to Pro Football Focus, created out as the best linebacker in the league last year. And I will say his stats were amazing. 140 tackles, the plays behind the line of scrimmage, turnovers. I mean, second team all pro. Mark, if you're the Miami Dolphins, I know you don't have the money, but figure it out. Because... This would be a tremendous acquisition. This is the type of move that the Eagles make right here. And right now, the Eagles don't have the money, but Howie Roseman's got two weeks to find it. All right, Wagner wants to win another ring. He's going to go somewhere where he thinks he can win. Bobby Wagner's got one or two more outstanding years left in him. Inside linebacker. Can still go sideline to sideline. Aaron Rodgers emerged from the darkness, Mark. And a lot of people have said that means we have six more weeks of winter. But in all seriousness, Green Bay hoping for an answer from Rodgers before the new year starts on March 15th. The Jets have already publicly and privately said, hey, we'll trade for him. So um, we'll see. I, I mean, can we just end this already, please? Please. Please. Um, man, the Broncos are hiring a lot of coaches. Who's hiring more coaches, Broncos or the Dolphins? Dolphins close, but I see where you're getting at. Big day yesterday in Denver. Uh, this could be awkward, but former Broncos head coach Vance Joseph won the defensive coordinator sweepstakes. He's going back to Denver. This time, he doesn't get the big office. He just gets a little one. As defensive coordinator, he got the job over, you know, Rex Ryan and uh, what's his face in New England there and a couple of others. Uh, Davis Webb is 28 years old. He played in one NFL game. It was the final game of this past regular season. And he'd kind of let it be known that he wanted to go into coaching. Well, Sean Payton hired him to be his quarterback's coach. So 28-year-old Davis Webb is going to be the quarterback coach of 34-year-old Russell Wilson. Uh, the Gators lost another assistant. Their wide receivers coach, Kerry Colbert, he's going to Denver. That's three assistant coaches in like 24, 36 hours. Now, to your point they yesterday, they're all going to the NFL. So right. you have to give the coach credit for hiring quality people, but they're losing three coaches. Right. So, you know, good news. I guess Billy Napier put a really nice staff together. But my question is, what the heck's going on? Is it more money? Is this Walmart money talking over Gator Collective money, if you know what I mean? I mean, seriously, that's what I would want to know. It's partly why we're having Kevin Brockway on in less than an hour to ask what the heck's going on. And why does the water taste the way it does in Gainesville? XFL last night. 
In case you didn't know it, it, because we didn't either. Battle Hawks and the Sea Dragons. Is that what they are, the Sea Dragons? They're the Sea Dragons. Didn't Southwest Florida have a minor league basketball team that was the Sea Dragons? They did. 20 years ago? I believe that was the first minor league basketball team that played here. Uh, Anyway, the St. Louis Battle Hawks, led by A.J. McCarron. And if not him, then his beautiful wife. 20 to 18 over the Seattle Sea Dragons. Thank you, Brent Musburger. Yeah, I thought I'd throw it in. Listen, most people don't even know who A.J. McCarron is anymore. So I had to give him a point of reference. NBA returned last night after the All-Star break with nine games. And a lot of them were good. So, Mark, I don't know if they can do this all the time, but apparently if the guys get a week off, they come back, they play really hard. <laughs> I mean, They're looking for I, the NFL schedule, apparently. Well, uh, yes, that's what the NBA is going to go to. About an 18-game regular season. Got to be honest, bet you the ratings would be phenomenal. Orlando held off Detroit at home, 108-106. Boston had to rally win in Indianapolis against the Pacers, 142-138 in overtime. So the Sixers were down like 12 at the break, trailed by like 20 mid-second quarter. Well, they got this Harden and this Embiid guy. And, you know, when they both bring their A game, they're pretty good. They combined for 58 points, like 30-something rebounds and 20-something assists. You added up the Sixers beat John Morant and the Grizzlies, 110-105. Chippy. Denver? Yeah. No, it was Chippy. It, oh, yes. Chippy it was. Game. It was feisty. Felt like a playoff game. Yeah. How about that? You know, like I said, give them a week off. You know, or in Embiid's case, you know, three days off. So, um, this Nikola, you know, Jokic guy, he started the uh, post-All-Star break. Little 24 points, 18 rebounds, 13 assists. To have Denver beat Cleveland 115-109. Cleveland's a very good team, but they can't beat the really good teams. Lately, they've had chances against the Bostons, the Milwaukees, the Phillies, and the Denvers. And they, they can't beat them. They're really, they can beat everybody else. They can't beat the big boys. And uh, the Lakers had eight players in double figures. LeBron only scored 13 points, and the Lakers won by 13, 124-111. That's actually a really good sign. They played 13 guys last night. And if you look at their roster, Mark, it's actually really deep. It's like, wow, how the hell are these? You know, they made a bunch of moves at the trade deadline. You look at their roster, you're like, man, how the hell are they four games below 500? Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker was a starter. He's a bench warmer now. Right. You know, I mean, uh, the guy they got for the T-Wolves played like nine minutes last night. Got hurt. Anyway, Kevin Durant, speaking of hurt, he scrimmaged with the Suns yesterday. Two hours, no holds barred. Most physical practice they had since training camp. They said he made it through okay. Likely not playing tonight. They don't even think he's going to play Sunday at Milwaukee. Possible he plays Sunday, nationally televised. Rematch of the finals from two years ago. Okay, but, Mark, they're circling Wednesday in Charlotte. Michael Jordan's got to be happy. Maybe it'll help sell a few tickets. College hoops. Northwestern was up 18 at the half at Illinois and lost. 
wow, but they covered. But the big news is they covered. That's really all Miller and Moulton care about. They were getting six and a half. They covered the game, and that's what matters because we were betting Northwestern last night. 66-62, the Illini with a terrific win. UCLA, Gonzaga, St. Mary's all ranked all one. All right, some key games. FAU, we feel they have to win out in the regular season to make sure they get an at-large. They beat Texas San Antonio by 40 last night, Mark. Uh, FIU lost to UTEP. Have you been paying attention to this Antoine Davis story? He's Mike Davis's son. Remember the Indiana coach who took right. him to the finals? Right. He's playing at Detroit Mercy for his dad. You throw in the COVID year, he's playing five years. He's within 100 points of Pete Maravich's all-time NCAA scoring record. Wow. He scored 27 last night in a loss. He's 97 points behind Maravich. They got one regular season game left. And they're guaranteed a first-round tournament game. He's averaging 31 points a year. He's got at least two games left. But if they win in the first round of the horizon, he'll get a third game at 31 points a game. That would get him to within like a three of Maravich's all-time NCAA scoring record. Now, granted, Pete did it in three years, and he didn't have the benefit of the three-point shot. But still, Antoine Davis is the second-leading scorer. In NCAA men's basketball history, he's within 100 points of Maravich. Um, Penn State, a bubble team, won at Ohio State last night. Michigan, a bubble team, nice win, ugly, but they won by 13 at Rutgers, who's lost four or five after they lost their best player. USC, a bubble team, won at Colorado by 19. Uh, women's college hoops, Florida State won on the road. South Carolina's 28-0. They beat Tennessee and Knoxville by 13. Uh, North Florida won by forfeit, FGCU won, My- and Florida won. Miami, Jacksonville, Stetson, FAU, FIU, losers in women's basketball last night. Hockey, Lightning rallied from 4-2 and 5-3 deficits, forced overtime, lost on a shorty, 6-5 to Buffalo. First time the Sabres have ever done that, scored a shorthanded overtime goal. Detroit 4-1 over the Rangers. Look out for the Wings. They're right there for the final. Red hot. Spot. What's that? Six in a row? It's the no. They lost one in there. They think that's seven of eight now. Okay. Jersey rallied, beat LA in overtime 4-3 to cement second place in the division. Boston beat the Kraken 6-5, and then they made a monster trade. They got three guys, including Dmitry Orlov and. Hathaway. Hathaway will be a bottom six forward. Orloff will go right out of their first or second line left D. All right. They gave up four draft picks, including a first rounder and Craig Smith, a grinder. Edmonton got two goals, two assists from McDavid and a 7-2 win over the Penguins. Penguins and Caps are free-falling both. They're both looking old and weathered. Ovechkin returned for Washington, but they lost to Anaheim 4-2. Minnesota shut out Columbus 2-0. Calgary only got a point, and so they're a point behind Colorado for the final playoff spot in the West, and the Abs have four games in hand. The Honda, Billy Horschel, Joseph Bramlett tied for the lead. LIV gets underway today. Mayakoba in Mexico. The LPGA's in Thailand. Nat Vontavilap. Has a one-shot lead at 12-under. Nelly Cordes, two-back. Lydia Ko, Daniel Kang are four-back. And that, gentlemen, was...
That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller and Moulton. I thought that Antoine Davis story would interest you. It does. It makes what Maravich did even all that more remarkable. <laughs> Why? He scored 3,700 points in three years with no three-point shot? Yeah, that, that would pretty much do it. <laughs> Averaged about 40 a game? With no three-point line. Right. Uh, I mean, that is just astonishing to think of the score and what he would have scored because there was a lot of balls that he scored that were beyond the arc. But the COVID year, I mean, Davis has been able to play five full seasons. Also, Maravich only played the three years. Remember when Pete was in college, freshman couldn't play. Pistol Pete stories sound like ancient mythology stories. If you watch the video of his highlights, literally no one played like him. Jason Williams was the closest point guard I ever saw that played like Maravich, okay, with the ball in his hands. Even Magic looks at Pete Maravich and goes, damn, that guy was something with the ball. The videos of him ball handling with Red Arback, if you've ever seen yes, uh, yeah. the drills that he does, yep. they're just incredible. Mm-hmm. I could watch that over and over. It's 50-plus years old, and you just you, you look at it and go, how? Miller and Moulton, thanks so much for listening. Great show lined up. Kevin Brockway coming up next hour to talk some Gators right here on Miller and Moulton on the Florida Sports Network.